You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Warning. Thunder Talk contains foul language, adult subject matter, and is intended for mature audiences. Hello, Thunder Faithful. This episode was recorded prior to the barbaric murder of George Floyd and the civil protest that has ensued. You may have noticed the show has been off the air these last few weeks. Along with other circumstances, we found it difficult to put out an otherwise funny episode during the flashpoint of these events, choosing instead to monitor the news and boost the signal where possible. Thunder Talk stands firmly with Black Lives Matter, the ongoing struggle for women's equality, and the LGBTQ community. We unequivocally denounce police brutality in all forms and, along with the majority of Americans, demand action and reform. We encourage everyone to loudly, in any way you can, do the same. If you have time, need a breath, we now invite you to enjoy Issue 26. So, y'all went on a vacation? We did go on a vacation. It was pretty, it was pretty marvelous, actually. Um, we, we braved the wilds of the covid and we, 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 we decided to go right into the belly of the beast, actually, uh, straight into Florida. We, oh, shit. We, <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So we, we left Oklahoma City at like 4 a.m. And you drove? We rented a Yes, we drove. So we specifically what, you, got. You, you rented some meth. What were you going to say? How long was that drive? Rented, <laughs> it was forever. It, it, I mean, from here to Atlanta is 13 hours. And there were many times that I was, you know, hitting about 90, 100, back right. down to 80, you know, doing the whole thing, right? Right. And the the way that we tried to make this trip work was, one, we rented a vehicle, and two, we stayed at hotels that had, like, kitchenettes and stuff. Nice. Nice. And then so we we would, like, get some uh, takeaway or have some food with us and things like that. That way we weren't, like, necessarily all up in it all the time. Smart. Very smart. Yeah. No, when I travel. It's, 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 uh, thank you, Kavika, for 8090. I just got a speeding ticket. Uh, I drove. I went to Atlanta and back last Sunday and was going... I like to drive 80, 90 miles an hour, and I don't see why in America we're not allowed to do that. <laughs> Between Atlanta and the border of Florida, there were like so many Georgia Highway Patrol officers. There were so many of them. Yeah, and Google makes that little noise and then is like, there's a speed trap ahead. Yes, yes. We kept hearing that over and over and over in Georgia. Like every three miles. They have all that lost revenue to make up for. Absolutely. Yep. We uh, drive another nine hours to Clearwater Beach, check into the hotel, and then I, of course, I immediately was like, hey, I want to go to the beach right now because we, we just drove forever, you just drove forever hours. To get to the goddamn beach. Let's get to the goddamn yes. beach. Right. And then the next morning I have a dive trip, right? So we had uh, chartered a boat, you know, like six people can be in it. So hold on, you you chartered the boat like Beth Kavika 
like chartered a boat? <laughs> but, no. Actually, me and my me and my no, other friend. That's not how okay. that went. <laughs> okay. It was for a, just a three hour tour. You yeah, it's a three hour tour. <laughs> yeah, and so we who we were like um, the charter company was touche. Anyway, it was me and my friend. And the captain took us about 20 miles offshore to these man-made reefs. So they took old parts of bridges and they dumped them in the middle of the ocean. Okay, sure. Myself and my friend, we are more experienced divers, right? And so we're diving at a fairly shallow depth, less than 50 feet. So we are into our second dive and we've been down about 40 minutes. And we're just like looking around, looking at stuff. And then out from the abyss comes the <laughs> biggest fucking bull shark I have wow. ever seen in my life. Like, damn, this thing is like two foot wide. It has a dorsal fin. I mean, it's like a foot tall. It's like eight, nine feet long. This thing is all business. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. It ain't fucking it's around. So- <laughs> yeah, well, most of the time when you see sharks, they're like little bee sand sharks, reef sharks, sure. things that they're very scared of you. Right. This thing just like comes right at us. And it, it no. is, has this body language of being uh, pretty angry. Oh, damn. And, and aggressive. Right. Anyway, he, he comes right at us, you know, so they're perfectly camouflaged. Right. And we didn't see him. I mean, even though we had visibility to 30, 40 feet uh, we didn't really see him until he was like 10, 15 feet away. And he just kept coming and they moved so efficiently through the water. All of a sudden he's like five feet away. And Damn. we get together, me and my friend, we get together really, really tight. We're like, we had found this, uh, one of our other scuba um compatriots dive knife on the uh seafloor and we picked it up we're waving this thing at the you know this giant you know Damn. we're just keeping you, you it brought us a, between you, us you brought a knife to a shark fight <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway um so he begrudgingly turns away from us begrudgingly and... he's like he's like okay <laughs> motherfuckers all right okay yeah whatever okay. fuck you me, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> So if you know anything about like bull sharks are fairly aggressive, right? right. And they don't they don't have great vision. Okay. They like to like try to see by testing with their mouth. Okay. And, sure. Uh, <laughs> but so the shark, you know, turns away. Did did the shark test now, you with its mouth? <laughs> thankfully not. Thankfully not. Can you imagine it like that? That's away. your fight story. Yeah, motherfucker rolled up like out of context. <laughs> motherfucker rolled up and tested me with its mouth. <laughs> so, so, so I pulled out a dive knife on it. Well, luckily, we are definitely not their preferred um, right food source right. at all. Right. It, it it turns away, and we're looking around, and of course our heart rates are up, so we're really breathing air now. Right. Right. And, you know, we have like 15 minutes left of this dive. We're like, oh, shit. You know, like we start looking around. We get start getting sick. We're, I mean, we're like looking, looking, looking. And just right kind of at the corner of you, your eye or your goggles, like you would see his tail. Oh, so he's shit. circling us and he's circling us. And he's just <laughs> he's just like very curious. Right. And probably a bit of that was just. 
y'all are making so much noise. You're in my hunting grounds, and I'm here to eat. Right, right. Keep it, so keep it down we, over there. We go to our, we go to our safety stop. So you go to 15 feet, you know, 20, 15 feet, and you you hold out for like three minutes and we're looking down we're looking all around you know we're like fuck now we're just hanging up above him we're in the perfect place to am- be ambushed so we finish our safety stop we come to the surface and we're there and i'm looking i'm like where the fuck is our boat oh shit i'm looking at it, i'm looking i'm looking and then finally because like the waves over the period of time had been getting uh stronger there was a storm coming in the next day okay eventually a couple waves crest and then we're kind of at a peak of a wave and I see our boat and it's like 200 yards away. Oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. So, you know, and, and like Cosmel or something like that, they work very hard for their money and they bring the boat to you, right. To pick you up and right. help you get on the water. Are you saying these motherfuckers Here- made you fucking swim? <laughs> Absolutely. God People damn. in the United States, like they're like, Oh no, you know, they don't work as nearly as hard for their money right so we of course we start you know swimming that way you know we're at the top of the surface we're making all this noise and we're like you know that son of a bitch is following us everywhere <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. so we we get back to we get we get back to Jesus. the boat we finally we finally get on we feel, finally get on the boat we start taking off our gear and we're like Hey everybody, there's a really big bull shark down there. Right. Captain's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. There's not, you know, it's probably not a bull shark. It's probably we're like, no, it's a bull shark. I mean, it's absolutely a bull shark. Let that motherfucker bring his testing ass mouth over here. I swear, I'm gonna fucking knife his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so we we're we're on we're on the we're on the boat. And we've taken off our gear and we're just, we're telling the story. We're like, hey guys, there's a really big bull shark. Captain's like, yeah, whatever. There's not. And they try to pull up the anchor and the anchor won't come up. What? And we're like, uh, yes, yes. And we're sitting there and we're sitting there and they're just making all this noise and they can't get the anchor up. So eventually the co-captain, she has to put on all of her scuba gear and we're like, hey, there's a giant bull shark down there. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Fucking big ass bullshit. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She gets in the water. She goes down. She frees the anchor. She comes whooshing back up. And she goes, hey, there's a giant bull shark down here. Right, right. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a pretty good experience. Um, Jesus. We, 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 we head back inland. And we, and we see, you know, like we had seen all this... Uh, natural wildlife. We'd seen dolphins and sea turtles and fucking bull shark. There was nobody around, really. Um, there weren't very many people about. Probably why that bull shark was there is when we got to that dive site. Originally, there were some people fishing, and they were probably throwing off bait and all kinds of stuff into the water, and it probably enticed the shark over that way. That and maybe you might be some of the first people. To be diving in that area in a while because of the shutdown. In a, in a, absolutely. That shark got absolutely. comfortable. That shark moved in. That shark was <laughs> like, hey, I don't remember you. You say you were at the party, but I was there. I don't remember you. Hmm. So we we were heading we're heading back in, and there's like a channel at Clearwater before it gets like to the bay. And I see this like this beautiful white beach, and there's like maybe it's and it's a really big beach and i see all these lifeguard things and there are maybe 
15 people out there. So it was pretty dead. So I don't need to be like, it, it, what the fuck? How come you're going on this massive trek to Florida, which is supposed to be like the black hole of all stupid uh, yeah. ideas? And what you're saying and, is, shut the fuck up. Like, no one was there. Like, it was our beach, pretty much. Well, we specifically looked for places that we could go that, were gonna that be, didn't have a lot of people. Right. But we had some manatees come up to us. Oh, for you know, real? So we see while this. You, while you were scuba diving? No, well, no at the while beach. we were at the this beach. This is why you're at came. the beach. Okay, there you go. Manatees, no shit. Yeah, and it's um so we and we even told some of the locals and they were like, "Wow, that's such a rare occurrence." And this is just another one of those examples how few people were there. Right. And nature kind of retook that area right. kind of thing. Right. That's so awesome. But yeah, we had a we had a great time and then the next day after that the bull shark thing, we went scuba diving in this um super clear river, the Springfed River, a couple hours up the way. Right, and we went diving for fossilized shark teeth. So, ooh, did you find any? I didn't. I looked really hard, but I I really didn't know what I was looking for. You think you, but there was just so much, and it could have been right in front of me, and I would have never known. I would I would say that that is uh, officially a high five vacation. Yeah, it was a good time. High five. And- Okay, yeah. uh, listeners, you just missed like all of us like <laughs> high fiving at each other, you know, Wi-Fi video. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Beth, Beth is just like, nah. yeah. I'm Dan, and I high five people through video chat. Little <laughs> shit, fucking come at me, bro. <laughs> I think that 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 will kind of be the new normal. Is people have to maintain their distance. They're gonna have to be smart about people, traveling. If you're gonna go fight a fucking bull shark, do it on a Tuesday. That's the lesson. <laughs> that's the lesson. That's that's the new now. Fighting bull sharks on a Tuesday. God damn. Fuck yeah. Hey Dan, you got some of that sweet sweet ESO commercials for us? Uh, go uh, go check in the fridge. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different with the ESO Network Patreon. The cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network. Say hi, Adam. Hi, Adam. Uh, We got Mark. Mark Cray, of course. Hey, what's up? And returning, we have Jonathan Wheatley from A History of Comic Books. Hi, everybody. Oh, I would also introduce Mark from uh, uh, the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. Uh, but then I'd have to go back and introduce myself again as also being from Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. <laughs> uh, but we, we promise—I promise—you're listening to Thunder Talk. You've, you've got—you've got the right show or the wrong show. I'm not going to tell you how to live. Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths was a huge to-doins in the comic books world. 
We're going to kick it over to Jonathan Wheatley to, to, to get this conversation fired up. Uh, just a brief synopsis. Uh, DC Universe's Crisis Infinite was a uh, maxi-series, 12 issues that ran from April of 1985 to March of 1986, in which DC, on their 50th anniversary, decided to reboot their entire continuity and merge all the different uh, the, uh, Earths they had created over the years, from Earth-1 to Earth-2, Earth-S, and so forth, which consists of all the different companies they acquired over the years, from Quality Comics, which gave us the Blackhawks and Plastic Man, Charlton, where we got the Question, and Captain Adam, and Blue Beetle, and uh, the C. Fawcett, which is where we got the Captain Marvel family, and so forth. And the idea was to scrap everything, start fresh and new, and just give all the characters a fresh new redo for modern times. And yeah, and since then, it's still considered probably one of the best events in comic history. So they took all of their crazy, fractured continuity, if you will, all of the different lines of canon they had going, and smushed it all together, got it all sorted out in one major event. Yep, pretty much. Uh, when you saw the previous continuity, you could see how crazy it was. So it's <laughs> it was a truly daunting task. Yeah, it was. Um, there was a lot going on there, you know, especially with all the different planets and dimensions and and like Wheatley mentioned, you know, Earth S and Earth S had the uh, Shazam uh, superheroes on the planet, and then um, Earth X had folks like Plastic Man and the Freedom Fighters, who, in their continuity, they lost uh, World War Two, and the Justice League and the Justice Society had to travel to their Earth to help them finally defeat the Nazis in the 1970s, and so it was just very confusing, especially if you were a new reader trying to get into comic books and trying to figure out all the continuity issues. Oh, yeah. It started with a letter to Marv Wolfman, who was an editor at DC, about, <laughs> I want to do my comic book guy voice in this, where he pointed out, uh, excuse me, in the Green Lantern number 136 to 137, uh, he says he never met the Space Ranger, but in Showcase 100, he did, or some <laughs> stuff like that. Right. <laughs> Actually... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, Wolfman had to correct them. But even he was like going, yeah, we need to fix this. There's a lot of we have a mess to work with here. So, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, like the whole creation of Wonder Girl for the Teen Titans. Oh, my God. I mean, how that how that all happened was because, you know, the editors weren't talking to each other at the time. There were these sort of fantastic Wonder Woman stories where she was having adventures with herself as a teenager and herself as a toddler. And one of the editors, I guess, from the Teen Titan books thought that that was a separate character and created Wonder Girl as a separate character. And all of a sudden now <laughs> you have a new continuity issue happening. And I feel at the time, this is in the 60s, something like that would have never happened at Marvel books at all because their continuity was pretty tight. Oh, yeah. Marvel from the get-go always had a set continuity. Like even when the first Marvel Comics number one, which was considered the official launch of the, the line, which debuted uh, Namor and the original Human Torch, it was established even though right. there was two different stories, they were in the same universe because characters would bounce back and forth between them. And, of course, they eventually met. So that continuity was there from the get-go, whereas right. DC, uh, not so much. <laughs> you, you can't have a conversation about DC without bringing up Marvel, can you? Like, nobody can. <laughs> yeah, you will. Mar Marvel it's... did it. Well, can you mind that with, uh, with Marvel? Marvel. Well, that was a direct reaction to Marvel because Marv Wolfman, at the time, he was writing the new adventures of Teen Titans with George Perez as the artist. 
And it was one of their best-selling comic books ever. It was rivaling X-Men in sales. But they still weren't beating most of Marvel books. And he goes, like, what's keeping us from getting all the young readers? And goes, oh, yeah, our continuity is a mess. They can't just pick up a book and know what's going on. What started it all, story-wise? The main story is that there's this being called the Anti-Monitor that's destroying one universe at a time throughout the DC universe, and, and his counterpart is the Monitor. Basically, he's the regular matter universe, and the Anti-Monitor is the Anti-Matter universe. So then this alerts all of the superheroes across all of time and space, across all of the universes, the the at least the heroes that we give a shit about and the end result is all worlds are are fused as one everyone's backstory everyone's continuity is all within one shared universe yeah that's the eventual end result at least for that time but then but this eventually became the drinking game of uh take a shot every time dc reboots his universe (laughs) since then right right well, uh, one of the things, though, I loved about the story was that, you know, some of the heroes did get a, a, a reboot sort of in powers. You know, for example, Wonder Woman could actually fly in this new continuity. She didn't have to rely on her on her invisible plane. And uh, in the past, she would ride the air currents to fly. And I always thought that that was kind of a silly theory. I'm like, well, what if there's no wind in the air? Then what happens? She just drops to the earth, you know, and dies. And Wonder Girl, it seemed like when they, you know, created her by accident, uh, she had the power of flight and nobody questioned that. Like, it never seemed like Wonder Girl ever had to, to ride the air currents at all, which I thought was kind of weird. But anyway, that's a whole separate thing. Aquaman also, I felt, got an upgrade as well, because in in past continuity, he can only stay out of the water for an hour. And if he stayed out longer, he would die. But it seems like in this new continuity, he can stay out seemingly (laughs) much longer, as long as he wanted. Like no one is giving Aquaman a, a time limit now on how long he can stay on land. So I thought that those were really good changes. And uh, Wheatley, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they came out with the Speed Force. After the con- after the crisis, or was that later for the Flash? I, I believe I believe it was after. It was definitely after crisis because originally it was like if he uh, ran too fast, he burned up a lot of molecules and stuff like that. His metabolism just go faster too, right? And eventually they said like, "There's no human way possible to do this." So that's when the Speed Force was created. They do a crazy paradox with it too, where it's revealed one of the great moments in Crisis is when uh, Barry Allen sacrifices himself to save the universe. Right. The monitor fires this ray that uh, it's going to blow it. He gets in the way of it, but he ends up burning himself up doing it. But in the same process, by doing that, he creates the lightning bolt and then goes back in time and gives him his powers so to begin a, that, with. So that's a paradox uh, on infinite flashes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well it's, it, well, it's interesting because you can argue that the flash is the whole reason where this whole continuity has really began. Sure. Because when Barry Allen was introduced in the showcase number four back in 1959, the launch of the Silver Age... Instead of like explaining, oh, he's just the next Flash after Jay Garrett hung up his uh, silver helmet, that he weird tin new- like hat that he uh, the old the old timey Flash, yeah. Oh yeah, but instead they say no, no, he, this is the Earth One Flash. Jay Garrett's in Earth Two, which led to a classic uh, the uh, Flash of Two Earth storyline a few years later, where they actually met in different dimensions. 
Right. But people go like, uh, you could have, but you could have just done that, and that's what they did after Crisis, where Jay Garrett was the original Flash from World War II, and Barry Allen picks up the mantle later on, and then Wally West, because Barry Allen yeah. dies in Crisis, takes up the mantle after that. You know, to Mark's point about Aquaman getting an upgrade, I know that even later on in the comics, they made him made them all like thrash metal. I, I observed <laughs> in a in an earlier episode of Thunder Talk a year or so ago that the DC universe, you know, things are all topsy turvy. When, in terms of the movies, when Aquaman is the most fuckable super friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do recall that observation. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I thought yeah, you were just going to go for coolest and we just went straight for most fuckable. No, yeah. No, I mean, coolest, that would be that's that's Batman. I mean, I'm every it's that's that's a basic bitch attitude, but. I think the math plays out. And, you know, it, yeah. it may be coincidence, may not be coincidence, but, you know, it also seemed that Aquaman became more fuckable when he stopped getting uh, haircuts. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 right. Well, that's what I mean. It was like a while ago in the comics, they made him metal, and then the movies made him fuckable. I think it's DC's, like, they have like, they have, like, a multi-decade plan to make Aquaman cool, <laughs> you know? Well, I- I'm glad it finally worked because, you know... Um, Aquaman was a pretty decent character. I mean, like, I love the filmation 1967 Aquaman cartoons totally, because he's totally. a real, he's a real boss in that cartoon right. and he throws villains around and he's commanding and he lets Aqualad have it when necessary. He doesn't take any shit. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, uh, there's a documentary on the DVD. Uh, filmation cartoons where they're interviewing all these uh, veteran DC guys and historians. And on that DVD, they said in the commentary that, you know, the Super Friends version actually destroyed the character. Just kind of put him on the D-list automatically. And it's taken all this time to get Aquaman, you know, back on top again. Right. Yeah. He was somehow more annoying than the kids in that show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, you should read my book because I talk about that. You know, I like the super friends, but those sidekicks, yikes. And that's all the sidekicks. <laughs> Heck, the Wonder Twins were cooler than him for a period of time. For good Oh, yeah, yeah. If the sidekicks went over to Marvel and tried to apply for Rick Jones and the Teen Brigade, how would they fare then? <laughs> I I think they would overwhelmingly get rejected. (laughs) Did you ever wonder why there are 24-hour kid networks? In my book, The Best Saturdays of Our Lives, I write about how Saturday morning became a competitive business and the proving ground for what would become the 24-hour kid network. My book covers the Big Bang of the 1960s explosion of high ratings to the early digital age of Saturday morning's last hurrah, the 1990s. You can purchase my book by going to thebestsaturdaysofourlives.com and I will ship you a signed copy. Have you heard about this thing called bubbling? Bubbling? Bubbling in Europe, uh, Britain, in England. In terms of social distancing, they have a network, they have a system, they're uh, tracking. They've been doing tracking. If you and another family, like let's say Adam, you and I, we talk like three, four times a week on the phone. 
we're social media buddies. I, I know your movements and you know my movements, right? Not just because I'm telling you what I'm doing, but because we are so interconnected during all of this that we can actually vouch for each other. Okay. Yeah. That's not what I heard bubbling is. Uh, well, then shit. Well, then anyway, just to finish out my wrong information. I'm not saying you're <laughs> wrong. I'm just saying that's not what I heard it is. So no, wrong you're right. That was, child- that was childish. That was, ch- that was childish of me. For what I heard was you're cool with each other. Then you're allowed to hang out privately. Well, mm-hmm. yes, I've heard that what it is, is there are people who expand their social bubble outside of just their family, family with maybe another family. So those two families will will yeah. hang out. Right. So it's not people hanging out in huge groups, but at the same time, it's not distancing yourself from everyone outside of who lives in your home. So like you and one other family, you might like help watch each other's kids or just hang out right. with each other and like watch Netflix or something yeah. to feel a little less distant while still primarily socially distancing. That's basically what I said, but not as well. Right. <laughs> well, no, you, you were saying like you could vouch for each other and tracking oh, each okay. other's movements. See, that's me. That's and like, that. Well, that didn't make any sense. Maybe I'm wrong. Audience, I'm deferring to Beth because it <laughs> sounds the most streamlined, legitimate. The only tracking that I've heard of, there's a writer comedian that I follow on Instagram, and we've actually kind of struck up a friendship. Oh, Shout shit. Shout out to Melanie Hamlet. She'll probably never listen to this podcast. Oh, but, but it'd be right if she, she did. She lives in France right now. Right. And in France, there for a while... Like, if you left the house, you had to have basically a permission slip right. saying, like, right. why you were out and where you were going. And she would go for jogs and stuff, and she'd have to have, like, her little permission slip with her. And she'd only be able to go, like, a certain distance from where she was staying. Oh, wow. And they finally backed off that within the last week, maybe two weeks, but I think it was the last week. And right. she's like, I can go do things without needing a permission slip now. Wow. Oof. Crazy. Yeah. So I guess all of us are starting to, because all of us have been pretty staunchly like, hey, you fucking idiots, stay home. Yeah. Yeah. But now we've like kind of testing the waters, breaking out of our cocoons, saying, hey. Still, by no means is this in any way, legally speaking, an endorsement of anything having to do with anything having to do with, like, we're not your mom. I also went to a public pool yesterday. Ooh. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, hey, oh, it wasn't that one public pool. You saw on social media that one public, uh, something of the Ozarks, or like the pool of the Ozarks, and there were like hundreds of people all at this pool party at this pool in the Ozarks, and it looked insane. Oh, wow. And those are instances where we probably shouldn't go that far, but if you would like to go to, you know, COVID, it has a hard time doing things out in the sunlight and all that kind of stuff, or they're staying uh, susceptible out in the sunlight. They shine a light inside of you, right? They shine a light (laughs) inside of you, and it destroys the virus, right? 
I read about yeah, that. Yeah, bend over, Dan, and spread them. We're going to shine a light up you. We're going to shine a light up you. We're going to shine a light up you, Dan. We're going to kill that COVID right out your bum. I know everybody wants things to get back to normal. Keep I, I say we should still social distance as much as we can. Maybe dip dip your little baby toe in there, but... Well, I never liked people to begin with, right? So. Well, there Same. is that. Same. <laughs> so I've been enjoying keeping my distance from people, though yeah. I do miss hugs because I'm a notorious hugger. Well, and, and I miss... I miss hugging, like, friends yes, and stuff. I miss hugging friends, and I miss being able to just, like get a random group together you know our roller derby friends love to do that just like hey everybody who wants to meet up and have drinks or who wants to go skate at the lake or you know have a game night it's like to do that you have to do it online now which can be fine but it also isn't fine because some people are better at the internet than others or some people don't have the right equipment and then it becomes a whole thing I don't like when it becomes a whole thing. I like it when it's easy. I I do think that it'll be easier for people to meet up outside and in the fresh air and you're not confined. Yeah. Breathing each other's like breath, breath constantly, you know? So uh, if you're going to meet up with people, try to meet up with them on the outside while you're hiking through the wilderness with nobody around you. On a patio or go go to the park try to be outside plus you know enjoy this little bit of weather that we get before it gets blistering hot out (sighs) the marvel universe which to me has always been a little bit more hardcore Except for the Fantastic Four, which I always felt like Reed and the Invisible Woman should have been DC characters, not Marvel characters. Somehow they don't exactly fit as Marvel characters in my mind, Mm. whereas I feel the the Thing and the Human Torch are definitely Marvel characters, but... That's just me. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, I can I see that. that. I can see, wow, that. That's I can a, see yeah. that. You know, I've always kind of thought of DC as vanilla, and I've always thought of the Fantastic Four as the vanilla of Marvel. Yeah. I, I, I'm, it's like, I don't know if I could logically back you up on that, Mark, but but emotionally, I'm right there, <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. We're talking about the book that uh, saved Marvel to begin with, so it's, it's yeah. a, that's, that's some rocks thrown there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. True. I mean, they are the first family. They are mm. considered the first family of Marvel, the Fantastic mm. Four. And and I, I am a fan of the book and a fan of the first animated series that Hanna-Barbera produced. Uh, not the one with Herbie, the robot, oh. uh, <laughs> that I got into a huge fight with someone at a comic book store. <laughs> nice. <laughs> over that over that series, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was buying the Hanna-Barbera version and uh, the one that features Herbie, the robot. Oh, and, yeah. um, it was actually that version that I bought. And I halfway out of the store i'm realizing wait i don't want well, this that was one. one that i want the other one it, it didn't have human torch but it had this robbie the robot created for the yeah. cartoon because yeah. they didn't want kids to set themselves on fire watching the human torch well, yeah 
Well, it's kind of funny, too, because there used to be a Marvel show called Super Squad. Uh, it ran on Cartoon Network for a little while and it featured Marvel animated characters where everybody was like sort of, they were grown, but they were like miniaturized versions of the Marvel characters. And there is a team up with Wolverine and the robot from the Fantastic Four cartoon as they're being pursued by a bad guy in, in, in the squad's headquarters. In the, in the episode, the robot goes through all the fanboy reasons of why he was in that other cartoon series. <laughs> and it is awesome. And Wheatley, he mentions the one that you just said about kids uh, lighting themselves on fire. And uh, there's another one about the animation studio, the Patty Freeling not wanting to buy the rights. But I think the legitimate... Uh, reason why the Human Torch wasn't on that series or what they said in, in the episode was that the rights, the rights to the Human Torch were tied up in a live action film. Oh, and back yeah. in those, and back in those days, the film never got made, but back in those days, like when rights were sold to an outside company, they had all the rights, like all the media rights. It wasn't separated out as animation rights and publishing rights. I mean, animation rights versus live action rights. Right, the right. Batman Superman Hour came about because when the Batman live action Batman series was canceled, CBS was able to get the rights to Batman to put Batman in an animated series. It's almost a similar situation. They tried to do a Batman cartoon earlier, but ABC had all the TV rights, you know, whether that be live action or animated. So, but yeah, uh, so we got into this huge argument and... <laughs> And I said, well, I like the first series better. He says, well, they based the, the, so the guy in the shop goes, they based the first series out of the original comic books. I'm like, well, I was a little kid and I wasn't reading comic books. So as far as I was concerned, those were original series. I said, but there's no human torch in this cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that is the end of the argument. You know, I'm like, dude, that's this, it. Is yeah. not, no, totally. this is not the Fantastic Four. No human torch, no Fantastic Four. Right. I would have been happy with a substitute, you know, like, okay, well, we can't get the torch. Well, let's get the Hulk or let's get Captain America or Iron Man, anybody. Right. You know, but at the time, you know, the networks were really great about suggesting to animation companies, well, we'll buy your show if you put in a sidekick. If you put in this goddamn (laughs) robot, we'll buy your show. (laughs) Right. Hey, you know, and... and (laughs) And making cartoons back in those days was seasonal. So people worked six months on and six months mm. off. So you couldn't be too picky and choosy about <laughs> getting fans upset about not having a particular yeah, character. Yeah, no. You're told to put in the robot. You put in the robot. Everybody right. everybody eats. Well, also nowadays, right. uh, Human Torch is Captain America on fire or Killmonger on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah the, yeah, the one good thing about Herbie now is that there is a fun, like, a comic strip that Marvel makes called The Adventures of Franklin Richards, uh, Reed and Sue Richards' Sue, Sue, Sue Richards' son. Right. Where he's like a toddler. It's almost like a Calvin and Hobbes-style strip where he's running around doing crazy stuff. And the Herbie, the robot's name, is his babysitter, and he just is dragged along for the ride, just trying to keep him alive. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, his name was Herbie. I was yeah. calling him Ro- Robbie the whole time. Oh, I, so Dan- I know why you call him Robbie. He looks just like Robbie the robot from the Nintendo system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my god! Somehow we got off the topic of uh, of, of crisis, crisis so. but yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say crisis yeah. only ended up being a fifteen-minute topic. <laughs> no, yeah. Hey, like I said, then then you talk about Marvel. Whenever you start talking about DC. the 30 second ad spot to the black market toast podcast where we take a piece of media out of the cupboard dust it off toast it up and serve it as something completely new what well it means we either listen to or watch a movie or tv show or piece of music and then it's not like we just use whatever media we pick as a conversation starter (laughs) well because it's fun okay listen to it on your podcatcher of choice and follow us on facebook or something I do miss movies, though. I will, I will yeah. be happy when I, I can sit in a movie theater with 15 gallons of popcorn, with, you know, another 15 gallons of my soda, my liter of soda. Liter of soda. Yeah. I actually got a text liter message cola. today from my boss. Plans to reopen on June 26th, starting with some old movies. So we're going to be showing old stuff like... Uh, the old Nolan movies, which I assume also includes some of the Dark Knight movies, uh, Empire Strikes Back, Iron Man, pretty much three weeks of old movies, and then we start bringing in new movies starting the 17th when Tenet comes out, and then Mulan the weekend after that and all that. Oh, Mulan. Yeah, I want to see the new yeah. Mulan. Mulan. Oh, speaking of moon- movies, did you hear about the... Is it Zack Snyder? Like he's doing the director's cut on HBO Max. Yep. Is it HBO Max? Yep, HBO Max. So. And so I, I'm I would I would like to see that. The Snyder cut will be sometime in twenty twenty one, but yeah. After like three plus years of campaigning. You know, I I, I didn't mind the last uh Superman. I guess it wasn't embraced as much as I would have liked, but you never know what's going to be really take off as a hit. Yeah. And I, th- and I think that, you know, the way Marvel's done certain things is because they injected comedy. Comedy seems to bring more people in than like super dark and brooding sometimes. Yeah. Comedy and hope and lightheartedness. Yeah. All that bright and punchy stuff. Well, I also feel like things that have a big fan base, things like that come from comic books or like Star Wars, a lot of people have an idea of what they think something should be. And then when something isn't that, they get pissed about it. And it's like, well, that's like you have your interpretation of the thing. The directors, the writers, they had their interpretation of the thing. You're allowed to not like it. It's fine. You don't have to love it. But I don't know. I feel like people get pissed off way too easy about it. It's like, it's not, if you don't like it, you just don't like it. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> but also, it's like the bright and punchy tone or the dark and serious tone. Like, either way can work, but it, mo- yeah. if, it won't work if your movie's just made like crap. Yeah, it, it's That's all true. about how well it's executed. If you look at Joker, it was brooding and dark and stuff, but that was really well executed for what it was, and so it was very successful. Yeah, it was very well executed. Did I love it? No, but 
It was a damn good movie. Yeah. And I'll see you stack up some, something like The Dark Knight versus Batman and Robin. It's like, hmm, night and day. Yeah. And it wasn't because Batman and Robin was too dark. Yes. Are you guys talking about Empire Strikes Back? Not, I know, but not you know yet. what? We should segue. talk about that because it's what? The 40th anniversary event, right? It <laughs> is. Yeah. It is. That is also a, a dark movie that was made very well. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it was the, you know, Empire Strikes Back. Nobody knew how they would carry on from the first one. And, you know, they had some serious overtones that they had to pick up on and carry, you know, and continue the series and leave room for the next one in the series. So, yeah, because New Hope from beginning to end was a pretty standalone open and closed book close case a new hope was you can really see where it came from uh just like the style the styling and stuff like from the old flash gordons and all that you know all the old cinema you know hero stuff so you could see where it like was coming from cinematically and it kind of gave you everybody like here's something fun and you know pew 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 it's one of my favorite movies, period. But being deep in the Star Wars fandom, there is a, a later millennial slash... Are they called Zoomers? What's post-millennial called? Have we have they decided uh, on that? Uh, I it, don't... But Gen they don't Z have is a like, placeholder, though. Gen Z is like... That's just their generation. What he's talking about, like, when we call... You know, like boomers, baby boomers. No, yeah, because about... I started hearing Zoomers after OK Boomers blew up. I'm talking about people like just graduating high school, millennial and post-millennial. In the Star Wars fandom, there's a, a certain subsect that is like, oh, gee, really, old man, Empire Strikes Back? That's your favorite movie as I roll my eyes as pronounced as possible? <laughs> Oh, oh, really? I, I don't Empire know. Strike? I think then it's like okay, okay. Many people basic. recognize the staying power of the original three, right? It comes into the question right. uh, whether they recognize the prequels or not as as being value added. Yeah, um, yeah. I do think that they were value added personally. Uh, there were okay. there are definitely parts in the prequels that I would have. Um, would have been better if they weren't there but in the end right. they all do tie in together even with the final series and it makes you know it's a journey it's a journey and you grow as a human watching all this stuff and you have varying degrees of different emotions you know watching all i mean i think you make a perfect point i just think that that generation was raised on a different type of movie and so now when they go back and watch empire strikes back they're like why was why did they think this is so cool yeah this is putting just me to sleep used to something different being the standard you say that empire strikes back is your favorite one and they're like oh you mean the boring one oh yeah yoda i suppose yoda's always been there though i don't need that movie for yoda uh adam yeah you you stand you you stand as representation for an entire generation oh shit as as the one millennial on the show uh what say you i fucking love empire strikes back <laughs> Well, I mean, there it is, everybody. We, there we it is. trained him well. <laughs> in, in fact, uh, two of my fondest memories concerning Empire Strikes Back was one, getting the fucking Cloud City spinny top when the fast food restaurants were doing the 
uh, special edition promotions. Uh, 1997 special edition. Yeah. 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 And also the other one was... Uh, I think that was Taco the, Bell, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. Taco Bell, KFC, Pizza Hut, all members of PepsiCo at the time, or Joy Foods or whatever mega conglomerate. Yeah. Lucas Foods. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And oh. then... My other favorite was the first level of uh, the Shadows of the Empire game when you play as the Battle of in the Battle of Hoth, and you just like fuck. Oh, for the N64, take down the yeah. Adats like nothing. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was a good game. That was a good game. Yeah. I'm still wondering, like, do you actually have a harpoon gunner with you, or is Dash Rendar just that good? You know that harpoon gun trick works on people, you know, and everything. I I guess they just like studied people that were throwing bolos uh. you know at animals and stuff but i would try to throw like a, my own bolo kind of <laughs> at my brother you know yeah see when you first brought that up yeah, i, I thought it was just like does kavika just like harpoon people for fun or something she she bolos no, people for fun. But I she might bo- bolo you. No, Kav- kavika kavika bolos people for fun she harpoons people for food <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, I believe firmly I will pretty much eat anything as long as it slows down fast en- enough in front of my face. You know, like if it's if it slows down enough, I will eat it. So <laughs> that's why my triglycerides are high. Well, that's why that's the triglycerides. But yeah, and as far as the prequels being a, a little kid when those came out, I mean. I thought they were all nice and good when they first came out, and then upon later viewings, uh, I mean, I don't mind them. I, I've then grown to realize that Anakin Skywalker is a creep by nineteen, and hashtag all Anakin Skywalkers. <laughs> what's your opinion, Beth, Kavika, Adam? What's the best Star Wars movie? I'm gonna say number one. Okay, number yeah, one that's was the only the best. other answer that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Beth, what's your answer? <laughs> no, no, that would not be number one, Kavika. Oh, well, You're saying a new hope. A new You're hope. saying number a six. Number four is your number one. Best one. What you're saying is Star Wars is yes. number one. Because you guys, yeah. three out of four of us know yes. that a for half hope. of our lives, it wasn't a new hope. You just called it Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. That's what it was called. Yeah. So you're saying Star Wars. Yes, that, that, was, that was the best one. For Star sure. Wars was the best Star the Wars. The internet will agree with me. <laughs> I'm personally a fan of Jedi. Jedi is fun and action-packed. Right. Okay, yeah. It is. All right. The other one that I really liked was that Rogue the one. standalone yeah. Rogue One. Gosh, Rogue, Rogue One is my next favorite. Rogue One is very good. It broke my heart, but it's very but good. You knew, you knew that going into it that everybody was going to die, right? It, it it it's the my favorite of the new stuff for sure. I mean, Solo was kind of fun, yeah. And whatnot, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Solo I, yeah. Solo was a little romp. Hey, the the was, popcorn was good. You know, the company was good. Had a good night seeing seeing Solo. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> King Solo. I feel like Solo gets more hate than it deserves. But all, a lot of the new stuff gets more yeah. hate than it deserves. But that's yeah, my absolutely. opinion. Yeah. It's karma. It's karma for all the hate thrown at the prequels. Because I, I, I happen to like the Disney Star Wars a lot more than the 
prequel Lucas, like George Lucas Star Wars. And I will fight you. I will fight you, listener, if you disagree with me. Meet me out in the parking lot and you're about to get your ass beat. I'm just kidding. I I will give you a hug. (laughs) The prequels were the child that had so much potential and they just grew up to like manage a Wendy's and you're like well at least they're managing a Wendy's and they're not just a fry cook what is pod racing why are they constantly doing this all the time what does this have to do with anything what's your favorite Star Wars Adam Empire I would definitely say with the New Hope a close second and uh Sentimental favorite, because I know there's somebody that'll probably be pissed off at it, would be Last Jedi. <laughs> well, I mean, no, yeah, I, I like yeah. Last Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> Happy 40th anniversary yeah. to Empire. Yeah. Happy 40th. Claire here with a special announcement. Contrary to popular belief, I didn't cancel Dr. Geek's laboratory. It fell into development purgatory thanks to MacGuffinite crystals or some such science from fiction nonsense. I've put an end to that. I locked all the staff inside the laboratory for the duration of the crisis. Now they can create 24-7 without petty distractions like home lives or free will. Look for new Dr. Geek episodes coming soon. The gay dynamics last up against the wall when the robots rise. Uh, I, I had to. Well, I watched. I watched the the TV show Crisis. I think I caught Adam. You were kind of on the phone with me. How many episodes did I see? Like like three out of five or? Yeah, yeah. Oh. You saw the, which ones you, you missed? You saw the back half when uh, you were in the hospital because that was in January. And then like yeah. one of the last times I was over at your house, I pulled up the CW app and we watched. I think the last episode of the December part, the Infinity War part of it, not the Endgame part. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, I totally remember that. No, it was very sweet of you, actually. It's uh, when I was in the hospital. Adam, we were simultaneously calling each other and texting while I was watching this Crisis on Infinite Earths. No, it was enjoyable. Then the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man showed up. I didn't understand that part. <laughs> oh, that that's from uh, DC Season Tomorrow, which is like they have these crazy characters. But remember at the beginning of that last episode, you see the old guy want to take a picture with Supergirl in the Flash? Yeah, no, that's the guy that created the Infinite Earth yeah. series. Yeah, Marv that's Marv Wolfman. That was Marv Wolfman himself, yeah. the writer of yeah, the cool. comics. That was pretty cool. And it was, it was, it was very... It was very cool that it was the Flash and Supergirl because those are the two main characters that got killed off in Crisis. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did Green Arrow die in Crisis, the, car- the comic book? No, he survived. Got it. Now, th- that, this is like more modern, of course, of course, with the Green Arrow ending, they had to give him like this noble sacrifice. Well, because the, their whole television universe was kind of started with that show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I am Iron Man. Yeah, the, the, the other Batman. Always, always chasing Marvel. I mean, hell, hell. I mean, shit. No, no, no offense to anybody, but I think Green Arrow is a case of DC chasing DC. I mean, he's he's Batman, but with like with less trauma. Well, especially on the CW show at first, because they were not allowed to use Batman at all. Till now, they're like Bruce Wayne's going to be showing up in the next season of Batwoman, but not Ruby Rose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that yeah. was breaking news, wasn't it? I mean, her not returning. I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, who quits a, a show that just gets renewed? <laughs> well, reportedly, uh, she wasn't used to uh, working a TV show hours. is not what she's used to. So that's what she broke off of. So. Yeah, like there was a similar situation. That's how Kate McGrew got the part in Voyager. I was good, just going to say it, dude. Yeah, what, what's, what was her name? Uh, uh, the French-Canadian actress? Uh, oh, oh, my God. Genevieve and, Rougeau. Yes, yes. She yes. got the it's part true. and was actually filming. And yeah. she's like, uh, I can't do these long hours, guys. Yeah, 16, 18 hours a day. Fuck you. But but in French. <laughs> <laughs> right. French Canadian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think really the only other show Ruby Rose has done was uh, Orange is the New Black. And I, I guess those hours are better. And she did like an 11 episode run, nine episode run on that show. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see uh, who they bring in. Kate Mulgrew. Uh, to Kate, Kate Mulgrew. <laughs> they should replace her with Kate Mulgrew. You're all laughing, but I think I think somebody get 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 yeah. Hollywood on the phone. I don't Tell know them. why he's big on Kate Mulgrew. Everyone knows that Dan's favorite captain was Archer. So yeah, no, okay. See, shut the, shut the fuck up about that, Wheatley, because it's because <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. You took the Star Trek test. You got Archer. I took the Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I took the bullshit clickbait Facebook <laughs> test three times and got Archer. Okay. I got Kirk, man. Oh yeah, I guess, dude. I mean, that's whatever. Hey, I'm, not, I'm saving the galleys and banging hot chicks fine. along the way, so I'm living the life. You know, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was pissed that I got, it's, of course, no, I didn't get Janeway at all, which is the captain I am at at my core, in my heart. (laughs) Test was bullshit. Test was bullshit. So I want to ask everyone, Wheatley had mentioned that, you know, Flash and Supergirl died in the original storyline. And obviously they couldn't do that for the TV version since they have shows that have been renewed. Um... Uh, so, does anyone have any thoughts about the death of Supergirl or the death of the Flash? Did you care? Did you not care? I mean, I'm just curious. Well, in the story itself, it was very impactful because it was just like on top of everything else, Crisis was a very well made event by itself. You could read it by itself and just be, well, this is a great story. So, right. when the Flash died, that was very impactful. And I think he's still considered one of the great deaths of all time. And of course, in Super, of course, that classic image of just Superman crying, holding Supergirl's dead body. Just, just oh yeah, it's right. impactful. Yeah. And the fun thing was, they were they did they didn't have the okay to kill Supergirl at first because the movie was about to come out. Oh. Uh. When the movie came out, and that bombs get yeah, killer. Okay. <laughs> Finish her. <laughs> Wow. Oh, my gosh. I always felt that that Supergirl movie, since it got, um, it was like one of the first major movies I remember being pirated. Uh, Some movie theater in Asia, I can't remember which country, though, but it was on that continent somewhere. uh, They were running the Supergirl movie before it came out. And I always suspected that DC Comics went back and did some edits to change whatever people saw in Asia. And I always thought that maybe that's what messed up the film, but I could be totally wrong. Oh, wow. I did like how they dealt with the flash and his quote unquote impending death in uh, the crisis TV event. Yeah. Every episode they kept saying, you're going to (laughs) die. I know. Like the whole first half of the flash that season leading up to crisis, like it was just with him trying to make peace with 
you know, his uh, impending demise while everybody else is trying to figure out how to prevent it. And then they finally, well, Henry 90s Flash figures it out at the last second. Oh, yeah. I I love that. That was a great great twist, too, because I love that old 90s show as well. Oh, yeah. Also, what a wonderful opportunity for the actor to be brought back. You know, it was almost like, yeah, your show got canceled. People weren't ready for it in the 90s. But now you're back on this series and you can go out with a bang. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, perfect ending. So... In terms of DC on the screen, off the page, uh, greatest show ever, uh, The Adventures of Lois and Clark. Hmm. Standing mm. by that. Wait, you're talking about live action? or <laughs> I'm Dean talking King. about not getting a huge laugh when I was just supposed yeah. to. That's what I'm talking about. Well, all I remember was Dean Kane. When the show got canceled, Dean Kane was like, oh, thank God I don't got to diet anymore. I hated getting into that suit and having to be on a diet like for 25 episodes. <laughs> hey, well, well, going back to Death of Superman, Dan, that's the show that made that killed Superman. That's the what? Wait, that's yeah. The reason why they did the death of Superman because in Superman seventy five when it happened, he was supposed to marry Lois Lane. But when they when ABC launched that show, it was like, well, we can't have Superman be married to Lois Lane when he has his romantic comedy on TV. So we'll just kill him oh. instead. Oh well, there you <laughs> go. Oh yeah. yeah. Wow. So funny how uh, DC was making these kind of cool decisions because based on the fact that. There, there was media, other media featuring their heroes that was sort of contradicting what they wanted to do. They didn't get the last laugh though, because when the, in the show when they fi- when Lois and Clark finally get married in the TV show, they had to delay that episode because no, 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 they're going to get married in the comic books first before the TV show comes out. So they pushed it. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> hold on. I'm sure those folks, the showrunners over at ABC or whoever was behind that production company, was just like, oh my. Gosh, shoot me now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they recently killed off uh, Dean Kane too, off of uh, the Super Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah, off screen, like, too. And I'm um, okay, so, okay, so was that decision made because they didn't want to bring Dean Kane back as one of the Superman doing Crisis of Infinite Earths? Because I just feel like he should have been included with everyone else. I'm like, okay, oh, yeah. I'm seeing all these, you know, they, they resurrected the. The actor that played uh, Clark Kent Superman or Superboy on Smallville. I mean, they even brought him back. I'm just well, like. they brought in the dude why not? from Batman Returns. I mean, Superman Returns, which oh, yeah. I like. Me and five other people, I think, really, really like that, that movie. Yeah, you're you're right there about the five people. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Mark, Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. Best Saturdays of Our Lives, the book. Where can everybody find you? They could find uh, the book on the Best Saturdays of Our Lives website. Uh, they can go to tbsol.com or type in the Best Saturdays of Our Lives.com. The podcast is available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Stitcher. Stitcher, yeah, definitely on Stitcher. Yeah, yeah. Stitcher, yeah. Best Saturdays of Our Lives uh, podcast, everybody. Wheatley, a history of comic books. You know, Mark, the the full interview, the un the unedited interview that you and Wheatley did for Thunder Talk a little while back. Uh, Wheatley just aired that as uh, as an episode of the show, History of Comic Books. Yeah, and I, I shared it to my timeline as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you, sir. That was good stuff. Very Everybody cool. did go go mm-hmm. check that out. Yeah, one of oh, those yeah. crossovers ever. 
Yeah, History Comic Books Weekly. Where can, where can we all find you? Uh, you can find me on pretty much uh, most uh, podcasting platforms, Apple, Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, Himalaya, and so forth. And, of course, I have the uh, Facebook page and Twitter. And, yeah, just look me up. Thanks for listening to Crisis on Infinite Thunder Talks. Uh, thanks for having us. See you later. Live from Studio A, WTLK, The Thunder. The official, as it stands right now, schedule for the new television for the CW has been released. Predictably, the schedule for the fall is kind of bare, but does have some bright spots, like Supernatural finally wrapping up with its last episodes like it was supposed to a month ago. Also, Swamp Thing. It will be the same season one that's been on DC Universe the last few months that ended up getting canceled, but maybe we'll see it find new life on the CW a la Supergirl. Never forget that that was originally a show on CBS. Also, never forget that Matt Ryan, John Constantine, debuted on his own show on NBC a few years ago for one season until that was canceled, and then he made an appearance on Arrow, and now he's consistently the voice of Constantine on DC Animation, and he's found himself a big part of Legends of Tomorrow. He's basically MCU Hulk of the Arrowverse. Speaking of the Arrowverse and actor changes, Ruby Rose has left the role of Batwoman for reasons not officially specified. She debuted as Batwoman in the Elseworlds crossover in 2018 and got her own show right after that in 2019, helping set up Crisis on Infinite Earths and being the gateway for us getting the live-action Kevin Conroy cameo, which absolutely does not suck. Season 1 also ended with us getting the live-action version of Dr. Thomas Elliot, a.k.a. Hush. Now it sounds like I'm eulogizing the whole show, which is not the case at all. The rest of the show will go on. They'll just be recasting the title role. There have been several who have put their name in the proverbial hat, and my personal favorite would be Daria Baronado, a.k.a. WWE superstar Sonya Deville, who is an awesome fighter and actor, and is the first openly gay woman in WWE, so she gets my vote. In this big ol' tangent, I neglected to mention that the main Arrowverse shows, including the premiere of Superman and Lois, will arrive January 2021. Alongside that will also be the new season of Legacies, the second spin-off show of The Vampire Diaries. I bring this up because I just ended up binging through all two seasons of Legacies, and somehow I went from, what is this Gen Z Twilight shit, to what is this amazingness that's like Harry Potter meets Buffy meets what the Charmed reboot should have been meets Twilight, but we don't have to talk about that part. I've never seen Vampire Diaries or the originals. Maybe I'll get on them too, maybe I don't. Like the WWE, stuff just happens. Also, by the time you're listening to this, Stargirl is now a few episodes in and I love it. I've heard comparisons to the early seasons of The Flash in regards to the fun and optimistic tone and honestly I couldn't agree more. Watching the first episode just gave me all sorts of warm and fuzzy feelings that remind me why I have a lifelong obsession of superheroes that I would channel into a podcast segment where I script this shit and I still end up rambling in a premeditative way. FYI, I do this for 25 minutes a week in a wrestling show called Ring of Thunder. Finally, in the DC Universe, Season 2 of Doom Patrol will be arriving June 25th.
Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s final season is finally here, and Infinity War is coming to Disney Plus sometime this month in case you needed it to come from that source. June 24th will be a War Table event in Internet Land for the Avengers game still coming September 4th, which will bring us interviews and new details and gameplay footage. So this will be a thing no matter what. Dragon Con, as of this recording, is still going forward, along with Atlanta Comic Con at the end of July. We're getting closer and closer to the shit might be happening again time of year, which you're either nervous or excited about, and you're entitled to either feeling, or both feelings. This is WTLK, not the movie Inside Out. Also, I don't think I mentioned Taika Waititi working on an upcoming Star Wars movie. Any news of him doing any movie is always a joy. And this has been WTLK The Thunder. Drink, fight, and make your ancestors proud. So if you have any complaints and you want to tell Dan what an old jerk he is for Empire yep. being his so favorite basic. movie. So basic. Email us at thundertalkpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at thundertalkpod. Just be like, dance a tool, whatever. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and he, Dan is single, you know, singling out your childhood, and you feel personally attacked. Please direct it at him on the social media. Yeah, no, your 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 tears are like food to me. Give me that shit. I'll eat it. <laughs> okay, well, Adam, tell. Where shall we find you on the internets? Well, if you uh, want to tell me what an old asshole I am for loving Empire the most, or <laughs> if you got pissed off because I said my sentimental favorite was Last Jedi, and you've fallen right into my hands, <laughs> <laughs> find me at uh, Thunder Talk Thor on the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagrams. Also, my uh, wrestling recap podcast show thingy, uh, Ring of Thunder. It's one of the more positive non-shitty show bro show wrestling podcast shits out there so uh give that a listen if you want to be happy and then you can yell at me about that and tell me how my opinions are wrong and i'll just be like <laughs> where's your wrestling podcast jim kavika where can we find you on the internet oh well i mean if you would like to see stuff about cats or whatever you can find me on twitter at k to say rambles on and you know i talk about you know that kind of stuff usually cats dan internet twitter i know you got one best saturdays of our lives podcast uh go check that out on the internet that's what i do with mark mccray and then of course the thunder talk you're listening to my twitter is the real dan clink i think and then, but on on Instagram, it's just Dan Clink. And you can find me on Mixer, mixer.com slash Noplahoma. I'm also on Twitter at Noplahoma. So hope you guys are staying safe and being awesome out yeah, there. Be good. Be good. Yeah. And be smart. Yeah. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Bye. Kavika, you can wave at the camera, but this is an audio medium. Oh, sorry. And bye, Thunder Faithful. I love you. Good night. Love you, Thunder Faithful. Don't be a fucking bull shark. 
Thunder Talk is a production of the Weirdos Workshop with special guest star Mark McRae and Jonathan Wheatley, starring Kavika Allo, Adam Wedston, Beth Allo, and Dan Klink. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ThunderTalkPod. Our email address is ThunderTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Drink, fight, and make your ancestors proud. So you gotta, every time I say Robbie, you just gotta beat me out, you know? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And you're ready to put this to bed or or put Wheatley's voice in saying Herbie every time I say Robbie. We'll do, uh, we'll do, we'll hear. Uh, Gibby, Gibby, say no. I'm gonna. Say Herbie five different ways, and I'll stitch it in. All right. Okay, cool. (laughs) Want me to do that now? (laughs) Let's just do it. Yeah, just do it. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, Herbie. 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 All right, cool. Hey, also, you're you're doing all that right now. Can we also use that as the (laughs) (laughs) post-credit? Yes. Okay, cool. Oh, yes. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the TeePublic store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.